At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN as I'm staring at a desperation three. Oh, man. Oh. Almost had it. Almost had it. It is the nightcap hour three. San Francisco, uh, as as my partner who has uh, departed us, you know, not from Earth, but just to go on a trip to, uh, to Durham, North Carolina, um, as he would say, San Francisco's in the red tape or the yellow tape. What is it? Yeah, he says yellow tape. Uh, that This game, I, I know it's, it doesn't look that bad when you look at the box score. It, it's been painful to watch, and every opportunity has been there. And that three, well, they would have fouled right away, so whatever. Loser, it is what it is. Maybe a backdoor push, but let's bring in our next guest, Jared Smith. He's going to join us on Thursday because Jim Root is going to co-host with us tomorrow night. So I said, let's bring in... Mr. Jared Smith and hang out with me for a couple segments here as I finish out watching this. And uh, that's a that's the that's the old nail in the coffin of the cover there. So I'm going to go. Sorry, Don. We're going to do a layup there. And as I tweeted out, Jared, I said, don't worry, San Francisco. And you can attest to this. I said, New York City in April is a wonderful place. So enjoy. Enjoy the NIT and hang out with Jared because. They got to get to the finals first. Yeah. You got to get, <laughs> you know, true. you got to win what? Three or four games uh, uh, to get to New York City. Three. I've been to an NIT final. I've been to a Penn State Notre Dame NIT final Ooh, at the Garden. Those things go. are rocking. They are rocking. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong camera. Um, yeah. So it's over. Uh, St. Mary's wins and covers San Francisco. A one in one night. I should have just. I honestly should just listen to Tom Casale. Well done, Mr. Casale. Yeah. Houston and Towson. So uh, he gave those out. So if you listened to him last night, uh, you had some winners. Um, man, I, there's so many places to jump around. But let's just kind of rehash the Super Bowl. Uh, you were there. Um, give me the feel real quickly. Being in, in Los Angeles, California doesn't have legalized sports gambling. But come on. I mean, people were getting down. <laughs> Whether you're stopping in Nevada or you got a guy. Wink, wink. Or you made you made your bets on the way out there. Whatever it was, there was action to be had. 
Did you get a sense from the stands of people and prop bets or, you know, side in total? How was the the atmosphere there just outside of normal fandom? Did you get a real sense of 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 gambling within the stands? A little bit. You know, it, it was such a surreal uh, weekend night, uh, unforgettable for my career just to be there. And, and it, it, we were, you know, bearing witness to an unbelievable game, too. I thought it might have been a blowout for the Rams. Um, I did buy this little piece of memorabilia after they won. Uh, actually, I bought it before they won. I didn't put it on till after they won because it was a little <laughs> unsettling to buy because they didn't have I wanted to get a quarter zip that had both team logos on it, mm. but they only had one or the other. So you had to choose. And if you, cho- if you chose the wrong team and you bought a $100 quarter zip with a, with a losing team, uh, not quite as uh, uh, worth uh, valuable uh, after the game is over. So I'm glad I picked the right side with the Rams. We were on the Rams money line. We had the MVP pick. But for the most part, it was a pretty uh, surreal atmosphere. Uh, the halftime show was awesome. Definitely got some gambling chatter in the stands. Um, you know, we were taping some videos for picks wise around the stadium. So people were asking me what I was doing and I, I tell them, and then they asked me picks. So yeah, people were still getting down with action, but now we don't have to worry about that. The next two Super Bowls, Phoenix, and then of course, uh, in Vegas in two years, uh, no worries there with legalized gambling, uh, for the next two Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, Arizona next year, obviously. And then here it's, it's going to be wild. The NFL draft, yeah. uh, the next thing around the corner and, uh, you know, different the mock drafts are starting and, uh, you know, get in early if you can. Just keep keep an ear to the ground, folks. You know, read as much because, you know, talking to Johnny Avello and, and Jared, you know this, but it bears repeating to folks out there. This is the one event really in sports where there's no power ratings for it. They're doing the same thing as we are, right? Books in every sport have a bit of an advantage over us. The minus 110 juice, and they've got their power ratings, and they're trying to beat us. Um, (laughs) With this, they're they're just like us, man. They're they're just trying to read as much as possible, and that's why they try to put up odds as, you know, later into the process. So, um, you know, anything on the draft intrigue you yet? There's a couple offerings out there. First pick, first quarterback selected. I took a flyer on Malik Willis at 75-1 to to go number one. Do I think it'll happen? Of course not, but it's 75 to one and it's a quarterback. So, you know, he could, if someone falls in love with him and the lions are sitting there at two saying, we're going to draft a quarterback. Could someone jump them? Yeah, we've seen it happen before. So anything in the draft market yet, or, and I guess I asked this earlier in the show, what is kind of your personal method to the madness when it comes to the NFL draft? Yeah, it it's become, I don't want to say a spectacle because the draft was always a spectacle itself, but the gambling side of it has become, uh, it's kind of taken on a personality of its own. Um, and that's because the offerings are very unique. That's because there is only one draft, NFL draft every year. So it's not like the books can sharpen their numbers as the season goes on. We talk about this in the NFL season, week one, the lines are a little softer than you're going to get week 18 or, you know, in the Super Bowl. So there's only one draft. Now, the length of time that we have before the draft takes place significantly long in terms of when the odds come up and, and when the actual result takes place. So you do see a lot of market shifting, a lot of number grabbing. And I think the the further down the list, the further down the rabbit hole you go, that's where you find the most value. At this point, the number one draft you know, market has pretty much been sucked out mm-hmm. of any significant value. We saw uh, that offensive lineman, um, you know, kind of vault up the board 
if you want to take a flyer on a quarterback, we don't know exactly what these guys are going to look like and, and, and what the uh, what the metrics will kind of look like once we get towards draft night, which quarterback will be taken first. It's pretty close right now in the odds between Pickett um, and Willis. Uh, I, I would lean Pickett, but again, I, I'm not a scout. I, I think in general, pick some teams, pick some positions that you're comfortable with. Maybe pick a conference that you're comfortable with. Uh, Position groups is a popular one, too. How many offensive linemen will be drafted in the first round? You know, bets like that, which is going to be the first player taken in a certain position. We'll start to see those markets populate uh, pretty soon. And that is when you can really do your homework. You do want to get ahead of it. They do move fast. And there's really no floor or ceiling because, yeah. again, there's no precedent for it. You just have to go where the winds of the news are kind of blowing. Read as much as possible. Read, read, uh, beat reporters, you know, trust those. I'm trying to think, you know, um, trying to think of, you know, different reporters out there we know have, you know, different relationships with coaches. And if they're reporting something, you know, that's probably got more validity uh, than someone else. Uh, so, you know, always kind of keep an eye on, you know, different national reporters. Jeff Darlington seems to have a great pulse on, yeah. on Tampa Bay, right? He was all over Tom Brady. So if he's saying something there, you know, that could be interesting. So yeah, just, just, just kind of keep an eye out uh, in that regard. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll hit on some, you know, college basketball, NBA, whatever. But uh, just to wrap up this segment, when it comes to the futures market, uh, we've talked about it a little bit this week, you know, teams that are, you'll think might regress, Things that teams that will get healthier, maybe you're getting a little value. Do you take a flyer on a team that, hey, maybe the Steelers get Russell Wilson, or maybe yeah. Aaron Rodgers goes to Arizona? You know, nothing, not a, a full unit play, but maybe a, you know worth a little little sprinkle. So, what are some futures right now that are that are maybe popping to you just a little bit? Well, this time of year is always unique because I do think when you hear about some of the bigger bets that are made. Um, at this stage, it's 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 not Joe Public that's that's dropping twenty grand on a, on a Niners future, um, which is what we saw earlier in the week, at, you know, in the middle of February. Um, so I, I do look at those a little bit more intently than I would maybe a you know a mattress Mac dropping a million on a game later in the year because I don't really put a ton of value there. But the Niners one is intriguing. Um, do we know for sure that they're completely out on Aaron Rodgers? I know there's a connection there. I won't get all always sunny in Philadelphia with my crazy conspiracy theories, but I, I do think um, there is a little bit of a of a buzz with the Niners because the Sharps love them and they are a quarterback away. Um, I have no idea what the cap situation will be like or even if they're in the mix, but I know Aaron Rodgers grew up a Niners fan and he's from that area. And I would say he's going through some personal tumult at the moment. So I would assume that there's going to be a change in uh, his location next year. So wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, I'd like to have my money there before he he makes his decision. If you can guess that one right, you're going to be ahead of the market in a big way. Bottom of the market, or I guess I'd say middle of the market, the Chargers are intriguing. Justin Herbert, year three, that's where we saw Josh Allen make that leap a couple of years ago. I always like to consider the quarterbacks entering year three. So it will be the Herbert, Tua, Burrow. We don't really need to worry about him making a leap. He's already made it. Um, I don't know if Tua can make that leap, but Justin Herbert certainly can. Are the Chargers uh, in a division that can let them get to the promised land and get to the playoffs? That's tough. We've got the Broncos who might get Aaron Rodgers, the Chiefs, of course, with Patrick Mahomes and the Raiders. Uh, certainly no slaps. They made the playoffs last year, too. So that's a team I would look at. What's the Dolphins situation? New head coach. 
bit of upside there, but I'm a little bit concerned about the quarterback. And then the Colts are another team that the Sharps always love, but quarterback concerns for me with Carson Wentz. So there's certainly warts with all the teams in the middle of the market, but if you can figure out where Aaron Rodgers is going, I think that'd be a good place to start. Yeah, I think today was a pretty big indicator with Tom Clements being signed uh, as their quarterbacks coach, John Kuhn, uh, who covers the team very closely, former fullback. I texted him and he said, yeah, it's a pretty good indication that Aaron Rodgers is staying. Now, I don't know if that's just a situation. Hey, Aaron, look who we brought back. It's your old quarterbacks yeah. coach. So it could be a little bit of that. But to me, it signals he's not coming back. He's not coming out of retirement unless he's got a little bit of assurance that number 12 is returning at least for one more year. So that would be my thought. I think Aaron Rodgers ultimately stays in Green Bay. Uh, but uh, who knows with him, man? He's, uh, as we've learned, a little bit of a wild card. All right, Jared, as always, you're going to hang out for another segment. We'll talk some college basketball on the other side. I'll keep you updated on all the happenings around the world of sports and maybe a little Olympics as well. It's a nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Are you looking for more betting discussion around your local teams? Bet Rivers has you covered with our CityCast. We have CityCasts in Chicago, Detroit, Denver, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It is a nightcap here on VEASAN. No Sean King tonight as he is off to have a weekend cheering on his Beloved Duke Blue Devils that he loves so much. They are taking on the Florida State Seminoles tomorrow uh, on Saturday. Excuse me, Saturday evening there. Uh, we're joined, though, by Jared Smith. The day early at Jared uh, from Pixwise, of course. I, I'm, <laughs> you I'm, almost had it. I'm like, I'm watching, I'm watching like three <laughs> things here, Jared. I was like 199. I was watching 99% sure that uh, it was Jared Lee Smith. I say it 57 times a week, but... <laughs> Didn't want to didn't want to mess it up there. I'm here to help you out. Yeah. You're, you're a little lost without the code. I'm sure Sean just is afraid to face me because of that Nova bet that we've got brewing uh, oh after my. that nice win for them the other night. Yeah. Since he just made that bet. Chickening that, out. 
since he made that bet, they're four and zero. The Villanova is, and <laughs> and conversely, he has just said the entire Big East stinks. That's uh, that's been his right, defense right, right. mechanism. That's that's usually what they do when they lose. <laughs> um, what, what do you think? Three seat? Wow, that's got him. Brad Evans got him as a two, huh? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw them. Yeah, as high as a two. I saw them pretty comfortably on threes. So, yeah. I mean, they've got... It's all pedigree for them. I mean, they always get a little bump just because of Jay Wright and what they've done in the past. But they've got 11 quad one and two victories. They're six and six in quad one, Shit. five and oh in quad two. Uh, they have no bad losses. So, yeah, I uh, they're, they're, they're comfortably sitting there. Um, I want to get to Friday slate here with you, but uh, just uh, we, we do this on the show... Um, now how about a shout out to the dogs and IUPUI? They go in, they won on the road tonight against Bobby Moe, Robert Morris. Bobby Moe. Nine to one on the money line. Go get them, Jaguars. What a win. They were asking for students to come out and make and play on the team, and they go on the road tonight and they beat Robert Morris. Congrats to IUPUI and any brave soul out there who said, you know what? Tonight's the night. They're going to get it done on the road. Congratulations. IUPUI wins outright. A uh, hell of a win there for, uh, for IUPUI. Another big dog, uh, the Mac with one A, not two A's. Northern Illinois beat uh, Akron 66 to 63. They were plus 585 on the money line wow. here. Uh, a couple games going on tonight. By the, oh, I should shout out. Um, where are they? Because they're they're they made me angry. They they ruined my my parlay. Uh, Louisiana Tech lost at home tonight. Uh, so that uh, to UTEP that was plus three seventy five on the money line. So wow, there were some dogs barking tonight, and unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of one of those. I was just trying to lower the juice on this uh, Finland game. And, uh, mm. you know, sometimes you do those things, you get too cute and uh, doesn't come home. So such is life. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's take a look at tomorrow's slate, Jared. It, Friday's not historically uh, all that sexy. Uh, there are a couple Saturday games that jump out at me, but uh, there's a game that I think intrigues you. Um, we're going to go, we're going to go deep dive in here. We're going to go to the horizon league, baby. Love it. Uh, Northern Kentucky and Detroit. Give me your pitch on why the Norse are the right side as a short road dog at Detroit. Yeah, I've been in the Horizon League a lot this year. Cleveland State's had some interesting games. Um, and I think Wright State's a team that I pay attention to. There's going to be, there's usually a team in the Horizon League that kind of, you know, it pulls the wool over someone's eyes at some point in March. And I think this Northern Kentucky team, which is a really, slow paced team They're, I, I guess they're relatively balanced considering they're in the two hundreds and offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, but they rebound the heck out of the basketball. They're really tough on the glass. They've got a pretty experienced lineup. Um, and I think overall they're winning a ton of games lately, three in a row. Uh, it looks like nine out of their last 10 uh, and they're coming off a nice road win over Wright state, who I think is one of the better shooting teams in the country in the uh, conference. And now they get Detroit Mercy um, on the road, who's not a great shooting team. They're okay. They're maybe above average in the in the league, but they don't get to the line a ton, and they struggle a little bit to defend the glass. And that's where I think Northern Kentucky will have an edge in this game. Um, they're a little tougher up front. I think they're playing better right now. Mercy was a team that 
that was kind of the hot button team in the Horizon League a little bit earlier. They were seven and four in the league. Now they've kind of lost their last two games. Um, that loss to Youngstown State on the road by 13 is looking worse and worse um, by the day. And I don't know. It's it's kind of just a it's a feeling with this Norse team. I, I bet on them a few times this year, and I liked what I've seen. Again, they're a tougher team that gets on the glass. Um, they need to limit turnovers though, and they need to shoot the three. That's we're going to be saying that for every mid-major team in uh, in the month of March. But they've been doing that effectively lately. They're 11 and five in the league, and I think they can get a win tomorrow night on the road at Mercy. At Jared Lee Smith is where you can find Jared on Twitter uh, with PicksWise. Uh, an A-10 game, and uh, there's been a good chunk of A-10 games on Friday nights. And, you know, it worked in one favor. It didn't work in another, which is the revenge spot on the road. So these are two rivals that played a couple weeks ago. VCU, elite defensively, but really struggles offensively. So it'll be VCU home to Richmond here. And VCU is going to be laying two, which is, uh, I think, what people would be surprised, right? VCU won this matchup back on January 29th, 64-62, Jared. And now they're only laying two. They were able to lay two on the road. So is this a spot like we had with Towson where you lost at home, but you get revenge on the road? Yeah, these games are always fun. These Richmond A-10 games, of course, in-city rivalry. Um Richmond's playing well. So is VCU. Um, I, I think when you look at Richmond, there's there is a little bit of a toughness there with this Richmond team. Um, I, I love them on offense. They don't turn it over. They need to do better on the glass, and that's going to be uh, what VCU I think can take advantage of in this game. Um, but they're a good shooting team, and again, the line movement to me and the line opening is telling me that books probably are trying to bait a little bit of action on VCU. I think I'm going to get three here which I feel pretty strongly about both teams playing well. Again, four out of five for Richmond VCU is actually playing significantly better. They've won seven um, of their last eight and their only loss was that just hellacious blowout to Dayton at home. Um, but besides that, they've been playing really well, holding teams to, you know, they held Fordham to 61. They held Rhode Island. Who's been up and down this year to 64. Um, but it's that game against Dayton that I think kind of stands out to me. Um, because Dayton likes to move it up and down a little bit, and they're pretty athletic. And I, I, I think Richmond catching three here, the home side revenge game is where I would lean. These games are nuts. They're absolutely bonkers, so anything could certainly happen. Um, but I, I, I would probably err on the side of taking three in a, uh, a revenge matchup like this. Just peeking ahead to Saturday, I want to, I want to, let's talk out. I haven't a even looked at Saturday let's, yet. Let, let's talk out a game, okay? Yeah. So Texas Tech last night, I was on them. Uh, a lot of people were on Texas Tech, and uh, they had a really, really nice win against Baylor. They have been, uh, when you look at home court metrics, they're one of the top teams in the country uh, at home. They're, they're tremendous. Ken Palm, I think, has them number two in, uh, in home court. Well, Jared, a couple weeks ago, right, we saw maybe the best home court advantage of all the entire season when Texas came to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech put, them on, put it on them, right? Guess what do we get on Saturday? Fresh off of a win over Baylor, mm. the Red Raiders are going into Austin, and now you're in Chris Beard's home. I, I know Texas Tech's going to be fired up for this game, obviously, but I think Texas might be a little bit more. By the way, Texas is going to be a favorite in this game. That's going to surprise yeah. some people. Uh, Texas is going to be a short favorite, maybe one, two. I think Texas, I really like this spot looking ahead to Saturday. This this is a very good situational spot 
Texas, you know, you're looking at, they're in the tournament, but trying to improve that seed line. Uh, I like this spot quite a bit for the Longhorns. Yeah, I when I watched, so the first Texas game that I really watched was that Kansas game when I was on Kansas and, and Texas just really kind of um, overpowered him down the stretch. Say what you want about Kansas kind of blowing that game away. But when you look at Texas Tech, they're, they're, I mean, they might be the toughest team nose to toes in the Big 12. I know they're not the most talented team, but they are tough as nails, and that is going to be a war. Mm-hmm. Um, that box score from a few weeks ago between Texas and Texas Tech, I mean, Texas Tech shot it really well, 8-19 and 19 from 3, and they're not a good three-point shooting team. So that's where I think Texas probably can make up some hay at home. I would expect Texas Tech not to shoot 40-plus percent from three on the road. For the season, they're a 31.8% three-point shooting team. So 10-plus percent uh, delta there at home. I, I would imagine that that regresses a little bit. And I, I, I would say if Texas is the favorite, um, especially if it's a penny or you know point and a half, they, again, the, the book's really trying to invite some money there on the Red Raiders. So I would agree with you, Longhorns. All right. Jared? You're the man. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. There he is. Jared Smith. Follow him. I'll correctly say it. At Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. It's an ICAP on DC. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through college basket, the college basketball championship on April 4th for only 29 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Coming up top of the hour will be the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg. He will join me in studio uh, to wrap things up here. Before we jump into Friday's college basketball slate, uh, let's just peek around and take a look at some of the games that are still going on. A handful of college basketball games. It was a, a unique night where we had late night College basketball starting UCLA. Once again, no Tiger Campbell, and uh, they are starting to separate themselves from Washington State. This number crashed a little bit, went down to eight uh, when the news was announced that Tiger Campbell was suspended uh, due to team uh, violating team rules. But the Bruins right now still lead 50 to 38 uh, against Washington State. Brad Evans favorite play uh, yesterday on our show, Stanford, the Cardinal taking on Utah. And they are currently in the cover zone, uh, but it is uh, not running away with it just yet. They lead 52-45. to That one under eight minutes to go in the second half. And halftime, USC putting it on Washington right now, 42-25. to After I uh, was uh, embarrassed by Louisiana Tech's disaster of a performance and uh, blew up my fun little... Moneyline parlay tonight to try to suppress the money line on Finland. We've got the L.A. schools, UCLA and USC to try to bring it on home. And uh, Finland uh, leading one to nothing after two periods in the uh, semifinals of the men's Olymp- Olympic 
hockey. Uh, just jumping over to the NBA real quick. Um, we had a phenomenal game. Dog came home in the Philadelphia 76ers, 123-100. to 100. And this is why, and he'll yell at me, but this is why I tell Sean, great call, man. You could have got yourself plus two-something on the money line, 220. But he had to get greedy, and he put the Houston Rockets on his money line parlay there where he wanted to be CEO of the dog pound. The Clippers are up 112 to 88. So, I'm sorry. I'm so, I, I misread that score. My bad. 121 to 88. Yeah. So, I, I don't think... I don't think the Rockets are going to be able to come home for Sean on that. But, hey, anything is possible except Houston coming back to win this game and Villanova being a seven seed. Those those things can't happen. All right, let's take a look at a relatively small, which is normally the way it is, college basketball slate on Friday. Uh, A couple Power 5 games, actually really only one, uh, two, Uh, I include St. John's in there. St. John's at home against Butler. St. John's, you know, earlier this week was a spot where uh, we like St. John's a little bit. They were able to to come home outright. Uh, Butler is not really a super fun team to back. However, they have won two in a row, uh, including a win over the weekend at home against Marquette. They beat DePaul on the road earlier this week. And St. John's, remember, earlier this week, they went into Xavier and they thumped Xavier. I took them plus eight at the Cintas Center. Very difficult place to play. And St. John's pulled away, won that game by a Baker's dozen. Is this a potential letdown spot? Posh Alexander did return from his injury against Xavier, but it is just a one-day turnaround. How is he going to feel coming in? Uh, I would look a little bit towards the dog here. I mean, you could catch as high as nine on Butler. It's not like St. John's is this raucous uh, road environment. Uh, I think Butler could be could be worth a look there. Catch a nine on the road against St. John's. That, remember, that's an early start time, sort of five o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Pacific. Uh, I, I actually can talk myself into Butler uh, catching the nine against the Johnnies tomorrow evening. Uh, a couple other games we were talking to uh, Jared Smith about, and uh, I'll, I'll jump to that A10 rivalry game, which is Richmond and. Uh, and VCU, you look at the numbers, VCU uh, is one of the best defensive teams in the country. They are top five in defensive efficiency uh, per Ken Palm. They're actually, yeah, they are number five, but they are horrific offensively, 267 in offensive efficiency. So what type of game are you going to get? You look most recently, VCU's kind of got it rolling here. Uh, They've won four in a row. Uh, They've won seven of eight. Uh, In that stretch, they beat the likes of Davidson. They beat Richmond. Uh, They beat a George Mason team on the road, which is actually a, you know, a, a decent win uh, to get. So they're 17-7. and seven. They're trying to be an at-large rivalry game. You know what they always said, and it's, it's, a, little, uh, it's a little overused, but and it's, it's tricky to beat a team twice, especially within a, a short window here. What type of offensive performance are you going to get from Richmond? I mean, when you watch VCU from time to time, though, and as you see our graphic there, 15 and 9 ATS. Uh, I think ultimately this will be a pass game for me, but I would, if I had to play it, I would probably lean a little bit towards Richmond in this spot. Just such a quick turnaround, that rivalry aspect of this game. 
does Richmond go in there as a short dog? I think the line is telling you something. Two and a half. You could find a three out there uh, at some spots. Uh, I think Richmond could be a spot uh, to back. How about Maryland at Nebraska? Woo, baby. Now, here's a great one. Maryland at Nebraska, uh, the lone Big Ten game on the schedule. Maryland has now lost five in a row. However, you know, peel back the onion a little bit. Their most recent loss to Purdue had a double-digit lead in the second half. So my question for Maryland is this, right? They are 11-14. and 14. Danny Manning apparently wants the job. Cool. I, I would have liked to date a supermodel when I was a, a kid growing up. There's a lot of things. I, I would like to eat ice cream for every meal. Not going to happen, but hey, good for Danny Manning to want the Maryland job. Um, you're going on the road to Nebraska. Nebraska stinks. They do have a nice home win uh, against Minnesota last week. I think there's probably better things for you to do than bet on this game. As you saw, Nebraska is 7-18. and 18. But are we really going to lay points with Maryland? But, Tim, Maryland did beat Rutgers on the road. Only two teams have done it this year, Lafayette and Maryland. That's true. Maybe the Terps are going to travel to old Pinnacle Bank Arena there in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and get it done. Um, I, I can't lay points with Maryland on the road. I just can't do it. And I, my biggest question and concern is I think Maryland, no doubt, was up for that Purdue game on Sunday on the road. I mean, they went to West Lafayette and had a double-digit lead. Maybe more of an indictment of why I don't like Purdue to win a national championship, but that shows me that this Maryland team, you know, in the midst of this five-game losing streak where it's Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, all tournament teams, they've gotten blown out by a couple. Iowa dropped a buck ten on them. Can't, can't have that happen. Ohio State ran away and hid. But, you know, they were right there with Michigan State at home. So they've got talent. They've shown capabilities. But I just I can't do it, man. I know they won at Rutgers. They won in double overtime at Northwestern. They blew a big lead in that game. I, I just I can't do it. If this game was on Tuesday or Wednesday, after Maryland played on Sunday to, to lose to Purdue, I would actually play Nebraska. But I feel like enough time has passed that that, that hangover of losing a very close game to a top five team in Purdue, I will uh, I will sit this one happily out and uh, pass on Maryland laying points on the road. Uh, a couple other games that are just uh, intriguing. Uh, we talked about it with uh, with Jared. Um, Northern Kentucky, Detroit. Uh, Northern Kentucky laying a point in that one. I mean, honestly, anything in the MAC, I just I kind of want to. Take a look and uh, and and uh, and grab the points. I did miss an SEC game, by the way, um, and it was uh, Mississippi State is hosting Missouri. Mississippi State laying eleven. I actually think this might be a spot to back Missouri. Uh, we've seen Missouri as a big dog just keep things close. Now some of those games have come at home. You know, most specifically, I just remember, and it was a spot to bat Missouri against Auburn when Auburn was coming off of their huge win over Kentucky and Missouri only lost by one. Missouri's got, you know, a road win at Texas A&M. The reason I, I'm intrigued by this spot, um, 
it's a unique aspect of the schedule. I, I'm assuming it was there's a um, you know a COVID rescheduling in there. These two teams are going to play each other Friday and Sunday. Mississippi State just last night had a nice lead against Alabama and let it slip away. Now they're laying 11 at home against Missouri. Might be a tricky spot for Ben Howland's squad to get up for. Might be look uh, to take the points with Missouri in that situational spot. All right, that's going to do it for College Hoops. Scott Seidenberg will come in next to wrap up the show. It's a nightcap here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check out our current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game on vcin. Com. All right, wrapping things up, top of the hour, this gentleman, he will have you for three hours. That is Scott Seidenberg. It's his Friday, the look ahead. Oh, yeah. Friday's for people on the East Coast. Your, your peeps in New York City. Absolutely. Uh, it is their Friday already. Uh, wrapping things up. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts because I feel like you are a little bit in between me and Sean in this regard. Sean, I'm much more conservative you know, I play these money line parlays if I, you know, for instance, you know, last night mm-hmm. with the Canadian women's hockey team, I knew they were going to win, but I didn't really want to lay the minus one and a half, which obviously worked out, worked yep. out for you. Uh, so I was like, all right, I got to find dance partners. So let's lower this money line down and make basically make it a minus 110 normal bet. So it, was, it worked out last night. I tried to do it again tonight for Finland. It did not work out first. <laughs> uh, I was talking to our good friend, Jim Root. Uh, I tweeted it out, so uh, if you want to make fun of me, go for it. Uh, I took Louisiana Tech at home. That was a Jim Root special. I'm a big boy. I made the bet myself, so mm-hmm, it's no one mm-hmm. to blame. Uh, they lose at home, so I had to reinvest, and now I've got uh, the L.A. schools, UCLA and USC and Finland, because once again, I didn't want to lay the goal in the half. Sean yells at me. He's like, oh, if I'm going to do a three-team parlay, I want it to be 10, 12 to 1. And I'm like, I don't know, man, because he had Philly tonight on the money line. It's a great bet, right? 
Yep. Two to one plus two twenty. And then he paired it with Houston to make it a humongous out. You know, I think it was like 17 to one return. <laughs> well, now it's just kindling in the fire because they're getting absolutely smoked. Mm-hmm. So you are a parlay guy. Yes. What What is your method to your madness normally? Uh, I like to win. So what if, <laughs> well, that's what I do. Yeah. So I don't like I, I have I've been, you know, the show that, you know, when we were at the same network prior to this, I used mm-hmm. to always say, you know, parlays are for suckers. I mean, sports books love you to bet parlays. That's why they yeah, keep tweeting them out. Right. They're like, yeah. ooh, look at this 15 leg parlay that hit. What why I, don't you play a 15 leg parlay? What I do is like like, for instance, uh, tonight didn't work out for me because um, the Canadians won for just the ninth time all season. Uh, this is a team that had lost 10 straight games coming into this game against the Blues, right? They're heavy underdogs. By the way, I took St. Louis on the puck line. Why? Because 20 of the last 25 losses for the Canadiens were by two or more goals. So I thought I was okay there. So I did a puck line parlay. Oh, wow. Okay, take, okay. you know, three teams on the puck line. The Oilers, who covered. The Blues, who lost outright. The Rangers, who lost outright. So what traditionally what I'll do is if I have an aggressive parlay like that, I will also do those same three teams conservatively right. on the money line, you know, just to have it, or, or actually it'll be the opposite. I'll actually have more money on the money line parlay, the lesser money on the higher odds. So I'm getting a bigger payout with a lesser buy-in, so I'll have it both ways. So let's say, for example, you want to sprinkle, I don't know, you want to do forty dollars on a parlay, right. okay? I'll, I'll do thirty on the money line parlay, or twenty-five on the money line parlay, and then ten or fifteen on the minus a goal and a half parlay, something like that. I usually play them both ways. Yeah. All right. So just had to had to talk that out a little bit. Where we got some got some action going on. Um, let's get to the NBA. Uh, you're you're a big NBA better, um, and we had JVT on earlier. Uh, Joel Embiid. I my feeling is, and and J- JVT slightly disagreed. He felt like it was a you know, it was a Jokic Embiid, which it is. I mean, the odds are indicating that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe the way that Joel Embiid is playing right now, Scott, it's if he stays healthy, he's winning the award. However, I wouldn't play it at plus 140 because Joel Embiid pretty much throughout his career has always been nicked up. But when you look at Philadelphia right now and the way that they played tonight winning in Milwaukee, eventually they're obviously going to get James Harden part of that. Now, James Harden historically has floundered in the postseason, mm-hmm. but looking at where we are in the Eastern Conference, where it's it's stacked, it's incredibly competitive, but there's no team like Phoenix that feels like it's separating himself. Do you like Philadelphia at all to come out of the Eastern Conference? I don't like any team that James Harden's on. Uh, and and then I'm not shy about it. I've yeah. talked about it in the past. I mean, well, he's he, terrible in the got, playoffs. When he got traded to the Nets, there's a tweet from two years ago that I sent out that said, I can't wait to fade the Nets in the playoffs because I have always bet against James Harden and I will continue to bet against James Harden. He is not a championship player. He doesn't do the things that win you championships. He puts up flashy numbers during the regular season. He doesn't show up in the biggest moments. There was that game six against the Warriors where he completely he disappeared, yep. right? And I do think his attitude is is he's a bad teammate. He, he There's a reason why this guy is bouncing around from team to team. He's got a bad attitude, and he doesn't get along with a lot of people. Uh, why didn't it work out in Brooklyn? This should have been a dream scenario when he forced his way out of Houston with the, you know, gaining weight, looking fat, whatever you want to call it, fat suit, and then he magically loses weight when he gets to Brooklyn. This should have been 
everything that he could have imagined, right? This team is stacked and built to be a championship team. But a couple of things go wrong, a couple of injuries. Now there's pressure on him. He's the only guy on the floor by himself. And all of a sudden, now he's not happy because Kyrie's not playing and Durant's not playing. And, and they don't have Joe Harris. And so he's out there on an island by himself, and he can't carry the weight. So he's not happy. But he can't handle the pressure of the media. He's not happy. So now he has to go get coddled by Daryl Morey again, go to Philadelphia, where what's going to happen if they start to struggle? And the Philly fans get on him. And Joel Embiid's numbers decline because the two-man game is not working like it should work. What happens then? Because Philly gave up a lot. Seth Curry was a very nice piece of that offense. They don't have any shooters now on the outside. Like, Tobias Harris is going to have to step up big time. You know, Drummond was, un, you know, could spell Embiid, provide very good minutes off the bench, some good rebounding. Look at what he's doing in Brooklyn in this short time. I don't think that Philly is a championship team. And as far as Joel Embiid MVP goes, I think the Harden is going to take a big hit on him. I really do. He's not going to have the volume that he is having now with without James Harden. And this is still a Philly team. This is the same team a couple of days ago that got the doors blown off of them by the Boston Celtics. Red hot Boston Celtics, by the way. Well, not until oh, yeah. they lost to the Pistons. Yeah. But... <laughs> If you look at that MVP board, now I have DeMar DeRozan at 50 to 1. A lot of people have him. Yeah. They're taking that shot. It's and, a good shot to take. And I think over this eight game, this seven game stretch going to the All Star break is inhuman. I will say the thing about Embiid is that he has nine 40.10 rebound games this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Over the last 30 years, the only players with more in a season, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So he's making history this year. That's how good he has been. He's got to stay healthy. And he's got to avoid any type of drama, any type of regression with James Harden on the court. Yeah, I, I think those are all fair. Uh, I think ultimately if, you know, his numbers stay around this and, you know, it's, it's, it's an award that people vote on. And I, I think at the end of the day, Jokic, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's a trickier uphill climb to win it back-to-back. Giannis did, just did it, though. So it's not certainly impossible to see someone uh, win it back-to-back before we uh, let you – do your thing uh, at the top of the hour. Oh, I got to do that? Yeah, you got, you got three hours. Okay. Um, heading into the All-Star break, the Eastern Conference sitting the way that it does, mm-hmm. what team jumps out to you? We know that you're not high on Philly because of the, the Harden acquisition. Um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's really fun to look at those standings. So is there a team, in your opinion, that you think is intriguing, that could make a run, could get hot and make it to the finals? It's Miami. You know, this is still this is a team that actually got better from their finals appearance in the bubble yeah. not that long ago, right? We're talking yeah. as if it was two years ago. It really wasn't because uh, everyone's still mm-hmm. celebrating this run of L.A. championships claiming, well, it went <laughs> Lakers, then Dodgers, then Rams. And you're like, oh, wait, the Lakers was two years ago? No, it really wasn't because that was actually October of 2020. Right. So with the season pushed back. So Miami, was, <laughs> Miami is still a team that, um, has a championship pedigree. They the acquisitions that they've gotten have helped out tremendously. The 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 lineup is stacked. You know about the sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. This is a really good basketball elite team. shooter. And this in is Duncan a Robinson. really really good team. And watch out for the Miami Heat. You can still get them at plus five fifty to win the East. Mm-hmm. They're the number one seed in the East. People going into the All Star break. Uh, I don't see them giving up the mantle here in the Eastern Conference. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be phenomenal uh, come the postseason. I mean, 
look, if, if tonight was any indication, if we get that as an Eastern Conference semifinal uh, with the Sixers and the Bucks, the sure. way that they played, oof, could be a lot of fun. If Simmons, it, you know, gets his mind right and he's good to go, I think him working with those two guys together, the way he's a passer, man, that is a that is a tricky team. Well, the Nets get healthy. I don't know if anyone would beat them. That's the thing. I mean, if they get healthy, that's always been. I mean, good lord, Harden and Irving and Durant played 16 total games together. Hey, he's sticking around. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. The look ahead up next, right here on Decent. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.